Revitalize. Educate. Thrive. Teachers' mental health matters. In, in the, the wellness, wellness room. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Wellness Room Podcast. It's Monday. Ew. But it's okay. We're here anyways. I'm Selena. I'm Joanna. I'm Tati. And I'm Janisha. And, and we, we are, are the Wellness Room Podcast. Welcome to our first episode. I'm so excited. Me yeah, too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> we know there's podcasts already out there designed for teachers, even ran by teachers, but we wanted to create a space where we can have open and honest conversations about where many teachers are right now and the things that we need. It's probably the hardest time to be a teacher right now. We've always been overworked and underpaid, but it's time for us to take some control. We need to start talking about the things that we can do. Before we dive deeper into the issues that many of us are facing right now, we want to first talk about why we became educators. So I can start. Um, my name is Selena. I'm originally from California, and then I moved to Las Vegas about six years ago, right after I graduated from my undergrad. I honestly got into teaching out of nowhere through Teach for America. During my undergrad, my goal was to be a high school history teacher. <laughs> it didn't work out. I didn't pass one of the tests. And <laughs> it's, it's real. No, it's no, so it's real. real. Mm -hmm. it's real. Like, I didn't pass one of the tests, and I felt like a failure, and I just didn't think I would ever be able to do education again. And then I worked in the medical field for four, for four years, so never did I think I was going to go back. And then one of my friends who lives in Chicago told me about Teach for America and was like, you should just apply, just do it. And I was like, okay, what do I have to lose? And I really hated the job I was in. If my old job hears this, I'm sorry, but not that sorry. <laughs> uh, so I was working on the application and then I submitted it literally the day it was due. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of, you know, just happened from there. Uh, but once I got into the program, it was a lot of work, probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I literally lost my eyebrows and my eyelashes <laughs> from doing it. Oh, yikes. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, you know, definitely a precursor of what teaching is like. <laughs> um, but I think I've, I've always had a love for, for children, especially children who are underprivileged or don't have the experiences that they deserve and I've always worked with kids before I um, was in college so I've just kind of always had a relationship like that. I work really well with certain types of children and I just I wanted to f feel like I had a purpose every day not just go to work make money and go home and nothing. I felt like I I needed to do more than that so that was kind of my why. Um, so this is Janisha. Um, you mentioned like enjoying like working with kids and all that. And that was always true for me. Um, I think I've always had like a heart for families and kids, but teaching was honestly something I said I would never do. Just went here for it. Um, I didn't go to school for it. My degree is actually in psychology. Um, and so I just knew I was going to be somebody psychologist, therapist, something. You still are. Uh, listen. <laughs> um, but I, so after I graduated college, 
I started like a nonprofit, like mentoring programs, like all of that. Right. And so my principal actually from middle school, um, he was still the principal at the first school I started working at. Um, So I went back to teach at the school that I attended in middle school. Um, And when he like proposed it to me, he was like, yeah, we need a math teacher. And I was like, absolutely not. Get somebody else to do it. Um, And he was like, nope, it's going to be you. Guarantee you it won't be. Um, I actually, like, I had the conversation with him, um, and I actually went home, and I had a dream um, that I was going to be the science teacher, I think, actually. And he was like, I called him the next day, and I was like, listen, I didn't have this dream. I was like, but you said math, and in the dream it was science. And he was like, you know what, that's because we just hired a math teacher, and we need a... um, we needed a different teacher. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, so I ended up taking the job. And oh, the first couple of years was rough. Um, <laughs> um, but it was a really cool experience. I think going back to the space that like meant so much for me um, as a student and being able to like find myself. Um, and it was really cool because my mom had just started teaching around the same time. And we mm-hmm. actually like our schools were sharing buildings. So like on lunch breaks and stuff, I would get to see my mama, which was cool. Um, or she would like come upstairs like it was really cool. Um, but yeah, we're here. Um, it's been a long journey. This is what year nine. Wow. We're out here. We've been in Oklahoma. I started in Oklahoma, I left Oklahoma, got married, moved to L.A., um, worked at Kip Scholar. Shout out to them um, in L.A. And then I actually, I joined TFA. I was intending on staying in LA, but then COVID happened. COVID shook stuff up and <laughs> landed me here in Vegas. So we're here and obviously we're still here. Every year I said I was going to be done, but we're still here. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my story. That's awesome. I can go. So this is Tati. Um, I feel like my story is a little bit different from the two of you. I knew I wanted to teach. Um, in high school, they had a program where you could be like a teacher's assistant. And so I worked with the special needs students and I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, I had already accepted my major for psychology, so I wasn't an education major, but I was like, I'm going to figure it out. I want to be a teacher. This is what I want to do. I knew I loved kids. And so... I was like the first session or whatever you could apply for Teach for America. I did it. I was like on top of it. I was talking to them like, I just admit it. Like I was so excited. Um, I was supposed to go to Baltimore, but COVID hit. And it was just like a whole thing. They weren't really hiring a lot of teachers out there. So I ended up in Vegas. <laughs> I was like, hey, we're Shout here. We're me. here. Because we wouldn't be here if you wasn't yeah. here. I think like two weeks before we started the like training is when they're like, okay, you can transfer to Vegas. So I had mm. to pack my little car up, drive out here. Um, but it was weird. I always knew I wanted to do elementary and I got placed in high school. So I did mm. two years in high school. Oh. It was not for me. <laughs> was not for me. The kids are so scary. Um, (laughs) So I'm definitely an elementary girl for sure. So this is my second year in elementary school and I love it. I love my kids. And it's just really nice being able to be a representation for a lot of different students. Growing up, I never had a teacher of color, let alone a black woman. So seeing how much it means to my students um, keeps me going. 
So that's beautiful. Mm, I love that. Such a heartfelt story. I feel like I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> this is Joanna. Um, I feel like you guys have great stories. Like, Janisha had, like, a vision that she was going to be a teacher. I, unless she be I did not know that about you. I love that. I think mine was more, I didn't know that I wanted to be a teacher, but all the jobs that I had growing up were with children, which mm. was crazy. Yeah. I'm just realizing now. Um, so I started off as an after-school tutor. So I would have, like, a group of sixth graders um, that I would keep for, like, three hours after school. I'd do lessons with them, so on and so forth. And that was all throughout college. Um, and then after college, I started working with special needs students inside the classroom and at their homes. And I think that's really when I knew, like, this is, like, a fulfilling type of job. And mm. um, it filled my cup. So I was like, why not pursue it? Uh, but also on top of that, I've when I entered college, I feel like a lot of people have this same feeling. Like, I felt like I wasn't prepared. Mm. Like, it was like such a shock to go mm. into college. And, you know, I was a straight student in high school. I had like a 4.25, like, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then you go into college and it really like beat me. Like, mm. I, I had that same experience. I like some C average mm. and I just felt like a failure, you know. Yeah. Um, and so then I like really realized like, my high school and like my education just wasn't good. Mm -hmm. Um, they just, it just wasn't rigorous enough for me to be prepared for college. And so then I was like, well, I want to, you know, be able to get students prepared for that. Um, and I'm not like a soft person. So mm. I for sure knew elementary wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and <laughs> then came the world of high school and I love my high school students. Mm. Uh, yes, there's moments of softness, uh, but most of the time, you know, they don't really need me. They're grown. Yeah. Quote unquote grown. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how I ended up in education. You're talking about you don't have a soft story. I yes, don't. That was beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like the stars align naturally for you with that. Oh, okay. Well, that's a little bit um, of background knowledge, I guess, about who we are, where we're kind of coming from, coming into this space. Um, I think, well, we started this podcast, obviously, because we are in a fellowship through Teach for America. So we had to come up with a project that would, in some way, benefit students and their achievement. And we kind of thought about it in a different way than what I think most other groups went with you know they went with tutoring and after school programs and we thought more about like teachers and what do teachers need and I think we all kind of thought about that because we know we are struggling yeah like this has probably been the hardest year for me and this is my third year and they always mm -hmm. said oh after you're done with your master's or when you're done with Teach for America like it's gonna get easier and it didn't feel like that for me so I was like, I can't keep doing this career if it stays the way that it is. Mm -hmm. So I know I haven't been able to show up as my best self. So I feel like I've been doing a disservice to so many of my kids because of me mm -hmm. and how I feel. And it's not my personal life. It's my career. It's my job. Mm -hmm. So I think all of us having, you know, that same kind of mentality or that same experience, we knew like we wanted to do something different. We wanted to target teachers and what teachers need and kind of see or investigate that um, correlation between teacher wellness and student achievement. So we created a survey 
that we had sent out to some of our teacher friends and we got a good amount of responses. Um, the data was, I think some of it I expected and others I didn't. But one thing about Las Vegas is that we're one of the largest districts, mm-hmm. I think, throughout the country. I don't know if we're the fifth largest or something like that. It's the fifth. Yeah, but we have one huge district and then a bunch of charter schools. <laughs> and I don't think that every community experiences that. But um, we have so many charter schools and a lot of Teach for America people have created a lot of these charter schools, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting too. Mm-hmm. But I think the experience varies amongst every school you go to, you know, like there is no, there's not always things in common, but the root of the things that we experience as teachers and the things that are the hardest, I think still remain the same. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys would agree or not, but um, I'd kind of want to get into like, what are the things that we experience the most that cause us our, our, the most stress or the things that we feel like are the hardest to deal with. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest stressor for me is being a special education teacher. You pretty much have two jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the paperwork, the IEP is making sure I'm meeting the needs of all of my students and also making sure their other classroom teachers are meeting their needs is really hard um there's a really big emphasis and pressure for special education teachers to get our kiddos to grade level and they want us to get them to grade level in a year and Mm. how am I supposed to get students who read at a kindergarten level up to fifth grade in one year and so of course we want them to have the same access um as their peers but we also have to be realistic and so finding that balance of like okay how much do I push this kid do I focus on the basic foundational skills or do I just work with them on their classroom work so things like that um and I think another big pressure for me is testing right state testing Mm -hmm. and again it's like my kiddos aren't going to perform the way the school wants them to or the way their typical peers are going to, but I still want them to be prepared. Um, So it's juggling a lot of different things at once, I would say. I know you and Joanna both teach SPED. You teach SPED as well. So I'm the only general education teacher, which is kind of funny. Usually I think it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. But do you feel like people don't have the same expectations for your kids as they do for general ed students? Yes and no. I feel like they have lower expectations as far as like grades and performance, but then they also don't want them to skew the data. So that's a big thing. You're making the data look bad or whatever. That's a big conversation that admin has had with me. Um, Yeah. There's all this pressure around data. And I think that's one of the things that that doesn't stress me out that much, mm-hmm. but it stresses out, I think, a lot of teachers. Like at my school, a lot of the educators that are there stress out so much about the data because the, the administration puts a lot of emphasis on that. Yes. Like we got to get our star reports up. We have to get this up and this up. And all of it is based off of the testing. But then they tell us don't test don't teach the testing teach the standards and teach the kids and do what's best for the kids but it's like how do you do all of that 
You know, something's always got to give. And I've kind of just, you know, put a little bit less pressure on myself about the data. It's like we have to use the data to drive our instruction. We know that. And we know there's so many factors that come into the data. Even if you just woke up and had a bad mood, your data is going to get affected. That's just like mm-hmm. bound to happen. But I don't think the I don't think everybody has that experience where they are talked to like that. It's like there's just mm-hmm. always so much pressure. You know, it's like if my kids are failing, I'm failing as a teacher. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you deal with that as a as an educator? Like, how do you look at your kids constantly failing and still think I'm doing a good job? You know, like I'm doing what's best for my kids. Mm -hmm. It's hard to see that when 90 percent of your kids are failing. Yeah. You know, I think um, for me. So you mentioned pressure. And I think biggest pressure that I think I felt, especially being in Vegas and teaching in Vegas, is showing up well. Um, I think there's this expectation for teachers to still show up well, even when we're not well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost ridiculous. Um, just this this thought and this belief that um, this belief that we can handle the things like so even thinking mm-hmm. about like socially, emotionally, mentally, um, we're expected to be and do so much for students and parents and families and even like the people that are around us, the people that we're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's nothing for us to really use and take to like make mm-hmm. sure that we're investing in ourselves and showing up well. Um, and I think that is thinking about data and thinking about all of that. Um Oh, that's hard to do if you yourself are not well. Yeah. Um, looking at students fail, right? Like taking on the fact that like y'all are heavyweight failing because I'm not well. Like yeah. I'm not showing up well in whatever way that looks. If I like, I don't know, if I'm not teaching great this day. Like mm-hmm. this, how you've scored or whatever this looks like for you on this test mm-hmm. or whatever it may be a direct reflection of like where I'm at. And that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, I think most other people get grace in whatever career they have. It's like mm-hmm. if you have a bad day, you still have your task, you do them when you need to, and that's your own prerogative. Mm-hmm. It's like here, anything that we feel can have a direct effect on our kids. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to not. It's really hard to put all of that to the side and show up like those things are not happening. Mm-hmm. Or like you don't have 50 things on your to-do list with not enough time to do them. Yeah. So it's like, what do we do in those situations? I think that's one thing that I think we should, we want to explore in our podcast. What about you, Joanna? What are some, some of the bigger stressors for you? I think it depends on the day. That's um, so real. No, that's real. <laughs> it depends on the day. It depends yeah. on what period you're talking about. And like you were saying, going in and not being like well, but you're expected to act like you're well. Mm-hmm. I feel like teaching is like you have to put up an act. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're up there. You're professional actors. Yeah. That's real. You're like an actor up there. Yeah. And it's like exhausting, you know? Yeah. Um, Kind of the same where we give, where we're expected to give students grace because they're having a bad day or mm-hmm. they're just not feeling their best or something happened at home. I think that is not extended to teachers. Like we are also yes we're not students but we're also human right yes Yes. and we all share experiences or go through things um and they just i feel like sometimes we don't get that same grace you know as other people yeah that's a good point have you guys ever thought about like what you'd want that grace to look like 
Because sometimes I think we like a lot of people, and this is not just towards this topic, but a lot of people will, you know, talk about all the bad things and, oh, like I feel this way, but we don't really imagine like in a perfect world, what would we want instead? Because mm-hmm. then if we do imagine that, then we can be a little bit more intentional about what we ask for, mm-hmm. you know? Because at least at my school, we've had people leave and they've never advocated for themselves first. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember my first year, somebody in the program in Teach for America, she left within like a month. Mm-hmm. And it was all because one student was just too much for her. And mm-hmm. my principal never knew. Mm-hmm. She never had the conversation with her and never told her, like, I can't handle this kid. And so she just quit the profession. And when my principal found out later that that was the reason, she was like, I wish she would have told me because I would have taken care of it the same day. Mm-hmm. I would have removed her from the class and put her in somewhere else. And I I think a lot of us struggle advocating mm-hmm. because maybe it's fear. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I advocate for myself, I become a problem. Mm-hmm. If I advocate for myself, they're going to treat me different. Mm-hmm. They're not going to give me what I need. And it's just, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to advocate for yourself when you've never been taught how to do that. Mm-hmm. Or never true. been given a space that feels safe to do that. Yeah. And yeah. I think our data shows that. Yeah. You know, it's like half of the people are like, oh, the administration's not the problem. But then half of them do. So mm-hmm. it's like there's still 50% of that group still feels like they don't have that safe space, you know? I ain't gonna lie. I'm grateful for the space. Um, Me too. I feel like it's been a long journey in my teaching career, but I can honestly say that I'm in a space where, like, the grace is given. And I think the biggest thing is them seeing us as humans before them seeing us as teachers. Yeah. Um, so if I'm struggling, if I'm going to be late or whatever it is, it's not like, okay, well, what time are you going to be here? It's okay, drive safe. Yeah. Um, and it's like things like that that makes, creates that environment and creates mm-hmm. that culture that makes it safe for people to say like, listen, I'm struggling in this area. Like I need to take this day off or I need to like come mm-hmm. in two hours late or whatever. Cause mentally, like I don't have it. Um, and I think that that is the, the grace you ask like what yeah. does that look like and i think it's it's seeing us as humans before teachers like yes we are professionals and yes we have a job to do mm-hmm. but like before all of that like i'm a wife i'm a mother like mm-hmm. see me as that first like that that part of me is going to have needs before me as a teacher so um giving the grace mm-hmm. to to see people as humans yeah. and not just teachers who have to get a job done I think you perform more for administration who yes. sees you like that, too. Like, you'd be willing to do the extra work. You'd be willing to take on the things that every teacher has to take on anyways. Mm-hmm. If you feel like they value me as a person. Mm-hmm. Above just being a good teacher or just being a teacher in general. Like, they see me. They give me grace. They love me. Mm-hmm. They respect me. Mm-hmm. And they show me those things. I think you perform for people like that. And that's in any space. Like, you have a boss who respects you. You're going to do what they need. Right. Because this person is a good person. If you have a boss who treats you horribly, who doesn't respect you, you're going to do the bare minimum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's just always how it is. Yeah. I think even with your coworkers, right? Like, one day, (laughs) um, I have, like, this missile duty. And one of my coworkers, um, because of, like, our bosses being really understanding, like, she needed to take Wednesdays off to, you know, to handle 
whatever it is she need to handle. She was leaving one day. She was like, y'all, I just want y'all to know, like, I'm not leaving. Like, I, I, they said I could do this. Like, I'm not just trying to sneak out. And we was like, girl, that is not our business. Like, <laughs> go handle, you know, do what you got to do. But I, I yeah. think it's true and it's real in spaces where, like, if you are taking care of you, there may be people around you who are like, well, I like, why mm-hmm. you get to do that? Or why yes. are you doing that? Instead of getting yes. on board. Um, so I think it just takes everybody. It takes everybody giving grace it takes everybody like looking at the fact that you are i value you as a person Mm -hmm. not just as the teacher next door like you're a person what do you need as as a human um i think some of my school struggles with that like we don't all have like super strong relationships with each other Mm -hmm. and we've kind of talked about that this year too about like how do we expect our kids to be kind Mm -hmm. and you know, treat each other with respect if, like, we walk past other teachers and mm-hmm. don't even acknowledge them, mm-hmm. you know? Like, because my, at least my grade level, fourth grade struggles hard being friends. Mm-hmm. They're such bad friends to each other. <laughs> like, they're so that's mean. Real, yeah. And I'm just like, that's crazy. Like, we, I need to teach you how to be a good friend. That's not my job. It's not my responsibility. But it it affects the classroom so bad when they don't know how to talk to each other because mm-hmm. like i don't i feel like every classroom you go into it has to feel like a family if you don't feel like that safe that space is safe that you can't mess up in that space and it be okay it's just going to feel horrible on everyone you know like the relationships yeah. have to be there the safety has to be there the respect has to be there for your classroom to run mm-hmm. and like we knew or we've kind of realized like we're not modeling that in the way that we should mm-hmm. you know and i feel like that kind of goes along with that like you can't be envious of other people if they've stood up for themselves and they've mm-hmm. asked for things like mm-hmm. you everybody has to be willing to advocate for the things you need we don't have the same needs if yeah. you need a wednesday off because you have something going on in your life i'm not going to say oh i need wednesday off because Janisha gets wednesdays off <laughs> you know like we just don't all have the same needs. That's it's not about equality, it's equity. Like what do you need to be in the space that you need? I might not need it this month, but maybe next mm-hmm. month I do. So then it raises this question around like when do we when and how do we address that? So because obviously that is that's a character thing. That's not necessarily yeah. a um like profession it obviously shows up in the profession but like that's not a professional thing that's really a character thing yeah um so when do when do people take time to actually like train people or like give people the language or Mm -hmm. just to create that actual environment and culture where that's true Mm -hmm. so for example our first month of pd was spent with like dealing with our mental health things and like how do certain things show up in our lives and not necessarily this is this curriculum or this is, mm-hmm. you know, like this is how we are going to do lesson planning and all of that. Um, what does that look like for y'all? Like when do y'all feel like it should be addressed or how do y'all feel like it should be addressed? Um, should it be addressed? I think it, that's like an administration thing. I'd love to have, and we'd kind of thought, talked about this, like having, people come in and be a part of our conversations and maybe this would be more of like we can have like an episode dedicated to this with administration but like I feel like I've been a little bit let down by my admin this year just in terms of like um relationship building Mm -hmm. I think they tried at the beginning 
Mm-hmm. And I don't, I just don't think the follow through has been there, yes. but um, I don't think it needs to necessarily have whole PDs dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. But I think part of every PD should be team building. They should have like little, just little events or little things that don't take too much effort, but we go and we get to know each other more. We go and even collaborate with other grade levels. Like, Hey, what are you guys doing? on this or hey my kids are are needing help in this and this is a third grade Mm -hmm. skill but I teach fourth grade like you know is there anything that you can help me out with like just having more of those relationships where we can go to other grade levels other teachers and talk with them Mm -hmm. not even just necessarily about school but other stuff too because it's very clicky working as a teacher feels like you are in high school yes (laughs) oh my god um I think I made the jump from CCSD to a charter school this past year. And I think the really cool thing about the charter school that I'm at right now, like their core mission is to build a family. Mm-hmm. So like the staff, everybody knows each other. We adjust mm-hmm. each other by their first name. Like it, it's just, it's so different than CCSD. Um, and then outside of that, we have advisors. So teachers are advisors and we have a class of advisees that we advise and it's the, advisor's job so as as teachers to connect with the families that you have so they make us Mm -hmm. talk to the families or have a face-to-face conversation with them once a month and I think that really helps create like a community and like how people Mm -hmm. communicate with each other inside and outside of the building because Mm -hmm. I don't know it's just really does feel like a family um for professional development like we get a whole week a professional development before the kids come back from any break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was telling me that. I was so, so shocked. Yeah, we have an October break, which you guys, well, I don't know if you do. Mm-hmm. No. You guys don't have an October break. So we have a two-week uh, period off in October. And, well, the kids have two weeks, and we have one week, and then we come back the following week, and we have PD, and mm-hmm. it's like all that team-building stuff. Every morning we have a team yeah. builder. Yes. Um, and then we just, you know, just have time mm-hmm. to get to know each other a little bit better better and like also develop professionally obviously mm-hmm. um, but we do that every break so for christmas break the kids have three weeks we have two weeks mm-hmm. and so on and so forth which mm-hmm. i think I is helpful that. and we have community circles so it's the same mm-hmm. thing like our professional developments like there may be trainings and things that happen but like for the most part it's relationship building mm-hmm. and every wednesday we do it with the students as well but we have community circles and mm-hmm. that is like how our pd starts and it is mm-hmm. um like three different questions about just random things that's that is, yeah, um, yeah. that's used to like build that community. And sometimes mm-hmm. we have hard conversations and it's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's just the culture that's been established. So. And I think that's what's important too, because you know when admin, what they really are supportive of and what they really want. And I think if admin shows that it's something that's important to them, mm-hmm. staff getting along, building community, and they push for it, it helps because mm-hmm. I don't think teachers on their own, especially bigger schools, they mm-hmm. might not know how to do that, even if it's something that they want. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important for admin to push for that. And I think that's something my schools I've been at have lacked. Maybe it's something they focus on in the beginning, like you said, Selena, but yeah. mm-hmm. they don't follow through. Or I've had experiences where teachers have been there 20 plus years 15 plus years so it's like okay like you guys all know each other but for new teachers coming in it's not as inviting or it's hard Mm -hmm. to kind of 
get into that community would we would we agree that it's it may not be followed through because of it not being a priority like yes yeah it can be you can still do your job and this not be true mm-hmm. yeah but like do we feel like that needs to be true in order to do the job well it depends on the person some people are self-motivated where they don't need that they don't need to be friends they don't need to have relationships at at their school they do their job and that's it Mm -hmm. but then I think about like well what type of teacher are you not saying anything Mm -hmm. bad about the type of teaching you do but like the relationships that you build with with kids Mm -hmm. like do you build strong relationships or not like I think it all depends because mm-hmm. admin is, is like our teachers, you know, mm-hmm. they model what they want yes. from us. And we have to do that for mm-hmm. our kids, too. So, like, Joanna, your your school modeling that for you with, you know, having that week for you guys to plan, to develop professionally, to relationship build. They're literally modeling for you guys that this is important mm-hmm. and you're going to implement that in your classroom regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, just like Tati said, like, when you see it, you do it. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. so I think like your school emphasizes that and that shows like how much they value your time too like we're giving you a space and a time to do these things so that you don't have to do it outside of your job mm-hmm. you know and that's one thing that frustrates me the most and that's what I've struggled the most with this year at the beginning of the year was behaviors I took mm-hmm. literally a day or two off every month so mm-hmm. I barely have any any days off for the rest of the year because I needed mental health days it got that bad behavior wise because I had a, a really I have a really rough group, but they've gotten a lot better. But um, the beginning was behavior. But then like once October hits and I think that is even in our data, like when is the most difficult months to be a teacher? Everybody put August to November or no August to December. Mm-hmm. And that is so real, like specifically October and December when we're about to have report cards and um, conferences and all, all of these things. I know sometimes the dates are different with CCSD versus charter schools, but the time when we have those even extra things to do mm-hmm. feels like it is impossible where you you work from the time you get up until the time you go to sleep. And then mm-hmm. you go to bed, you wake up and you do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And it's the worst feeling. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it's never going to end. I, I don't know how to get a hold of this. And then eventually you do, and you're like, okay, I can breathe. But I just don't think that realistically I can keep living a life like that. Mm-hmm. So for me to keep doing this job, which I know I do it well, I know I'm a good teacher. I'm not the greatest teacher. Everybody <laughs> has things to learn. But I know like I'm a good teacher. And I love my kids and I make really great relationships with my kids and I would hate to not do this profession because I couldn't handle it, Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't think people should have to handle that. Mm. You know, people normalize it. I had this conversation today. Like we worked from 6.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. and that was just what we did. It's normal. Right. It shouldn't be that. Right. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Like, like, can we unnormalize that or whatever yeah. the word is? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I honestly. Because who I, did that? They need to start over and try. Yeah. And I think maybe it's a lot of the new teachers coming in. We're giving more pushback on that or mm-hmm. we're speaking up more about how this is stressful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe we look more sensitive. But that's this generation where we're, where people speak up for the things that they need. And I don't feel like that's a bad thing. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah. You, oh, go ahead. I was just thinking about that, like. 
how like miss kochnik shout out to you my second grade teacher like <laughs> how did you do this your whole life and retire <laughs> at 16 right? something like mm-hmm. i've I done imagine. three years in like i respect her so much more now yeah um so i was just like how did they how did they survive you know what though i think the pressure looked different or probably just wasn't there Mm because one thing that's true for the older generation too like they just wasn't gonna do stuff that just didn't make sense like (laughs) and that's just that's given you know like that's just being real like this idea of what students need to know and all of that like they had textbooks like they had all these different Mm. things that like we're gonna do this right here and when it's time for me to go home i'm going home like yeah. they just they had a different understanding we have and all these new programs we got all these new programs yeah, and these that. new expectations that people that made up and just they yeah. don't even fit our kid like there's mm-hmm. just so many things that back in the day it just didn't matter mm-hmm. um when you said like you take the days off and it's actually one of the questions and i calculated it and 78 percent of people said they never or somewhat often take mental or personal days off to cope with stress, which is wild. Like, people just are not taking the days off. And mm-hmm. we can, like, address that in a different episode. But, like, there's so many reasons as to why. Whether that's mm-hmm. guilt, whether that's... Oh, for like, sure guilt. You know, like, there's mm-hmm. so many things there. But that is absolutely wild. And, like, y'all, we need to take our breaks. Like, But also, I don't know if you guys experience this as sped teachers. But when I take a day off, it almost feels more stressful. Oh, now that's it. Because there's days where I'm like, oh, I don't feel great today. But it feels worse <laughs> to have so to make that plan. Yeah, that is so real. So I'm like, that you know what? So I'm going to just go in. I'm going to go in and I'm going to struggle. And I've had that so many times yeah. where I'm like, oh, my God, it's a mission to make these sub plans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To have to prepare for any and everything mm-hmm. to ha- to happen. Or... They guilt you kind of sometimes like, oh, we don't have subs. Yes. Oh, uh, that's then, not my problem. And Listen, then your coworkers are side-eyeing you. Because if I'm yeah. laid out somewhere in the hospital bed, baby, y'all going to get somebody in here ASAP tomorrow. <laughs> y'all going to get in here. So, like, y'all going to figure it out. It'll be all right. So we don't even have enough regular teachers. Subs yeah. are pff, a luxury. very few yeah. and far between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even those days rack up, like, I get stressed over not having days. Oh, yeah. Days, you know? Yeah. When an emergency can happen, like, I could break oh, my foot. that's how I got, got, like, no days five days off no for the rest of the year. And I'm like, oh. I don't get paid enough to, you know. Yeah. That, but I think that's a Nevada thing. Like, in other I, yeah, I've places, never heard of this. Like, people get personal mental health days, personal mm. days, time off sick, like, all of that. But... When I send CCSD, when they said you got six days, I said, but what am I supposed to do with that? Like, <laughs> well, and then they said, and this is something I learned this year that if you take a certain amount of your days, you don't get them the next time or no, something. You know or like, you get rewarded for not taking mm-hmm. your days. Yeah. What kind of system is that? What yeah. are you telling me by saying that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we are human. And oh my God, when they say you, you're so lucky that you get breaks. During the winter or during the summer. Yeah. It ain't enough. You don't, not enough of all. you don't get vacation. I don't know if this is true for y'all, but when I first, when I started working in CCSD, I think my TA had vacation days and they were like, just take your vacation days. And I was like, well, I don't have any. Yeah. Because you got to be in the district for so long to accrue these vacation days, and which I is wild. And I think you can't take sick days I do. to earn the vacation days. Oh, like okay, if you man. miss one day, if you take off one day, that cancels you out for being able to yes, have yes. vacation days. Which is everything wild. is a sick day to me, but they didn't. They never told they, me how else that to is, do it. That's a whole other issue. So I just everything was a sick day for me, even if it was pre planned. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am sick. 
sick of this stuff. <laughs> like, I'm sick of all these things I have to do. I swear. Oh, it's a it's a lot. I I think um, in addition though to to all the extra things that we have to do. Sometimes I I've thought about like, are there any of these things that we can take off of our plates? My administration always says that if we're feeling overwhelmed. What can I take off your plate? Mm. There's nothing. Yeah. What can you do? You're going to do my SLPPs for me? Mm. You're going to do my report card comments for me? All of these things are, thing, are things that they say we have to do. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Who else is going to do it? Yeah. And they're just the annoying little tasks that add up and that feel like they're never ending. But I also know some of that is my fault. <laughs> and I don't think we take enough time to reflect on that. To be honest, I know when I use my time wisely, I get a lot done. Mm-hmm. But I also know sometimes I literally can't. Yeah. We're like, I am so tired that my prep is not used for my prep. I'm there on my phone. I am there decompressing. <laughs> I am there learning or not learning, but figuring out how to just mm-hmm. make it through the rest of the day. Yeah. And sometimes that's just too real for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my best friend told me one time that, like, the best advice that she got from a teacher, like, a really good teacher at her school, is don't allow anybody to come into your room during your prep. Like I know that's right. You need to prep because if you don't, you're going to just bite yourself in the ass because you got to do it at home. So she was like, yeah, use mm-hmm. that time to prep. Like, it's not time to prance yeah. around and, you know... Take go a walk around to other classes and just you know, yeah. see who's actually do something. <laughs> yeah, you know? that was my whole first year of teaching. <laughs> Sorry, Tony, but oh my goodness, like we would always talk, and it was so much fun. Mm. Like we'd have such a great time talking. <laughs> Not and, at home though, right? And then after school, we'd be there till mm. eight or nine p.m. together, just doing work, mm. and we normalized that. We had fun together. But that was our whole life. And I had to I had to like figure something else out the next year because I was like, I don't think I could keep doing that. Yeah. That feels like too much. It was fun in the moment because like we enjoyed like hanging out with each other. But but that is just that's not something that can last. Shutting down. Yeah. So setting those boundaries I think was super important. And that's like some of the best things that I've learned. Like last year my friend Stephanie like realized she needed to set a lot of boundaries mm-hmm. so that she can be better for herself mm-hmm. and it made a really big impact mm-hmm. like it made such a difference on her just finding her non-negotiables mm-hmm. like I have to leave by this time yes or I have to do this every week for myself and I think everybody needs to have a set of non-negotiables like mm-hmm. what are things that you need you cannot stray away from because we have non-negotiables for other things we need to have them for ourselves yeah You know, and you have to stick by it. I've created non-negotiables. And were they really? No. Mm -hmm. But whose fault is that? It's mine. Mm -hmm. And we have to have that very real conversation. Like, these are the things that are difficult. These are the things that make our jobs hard. These are the systemic things that we can't change. Mm -hmm. But there's also things that we have a a control of, you know? So I think, you know, moving forward in our podcast... We're going to kind of focus on like some of those stressors that most people found were in common, you know, mm-hmm. like the ones that in our data show, like majority of people are feeling these. Yeah. To like 
real in our podcast. Yeah. Um, so we asked our fellow teachers, what factors contribute most to your feelings of stress or burnout in the classroom? Top three. The first one is no surprise, student behaviors. Yeah. <laughs> right under that is administration expectations and then also meetings. Yes. Um, but we did have other ones among that. But I think those are some points that we can talk yeah. about in our next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of how we go about, go about that and how we, you know, deal with whatever it is, student behaviors, lesson planning. Um, but yeah. And... I mean, at least the me at the beginning of this year is not the me right now. So I think the teachers listening right now, it is never too late to make a change. Mm -hmm. And you know that firsthand in teaching. If something's not working, fix it. You can try something new that same day, the next day. There's nothing set in stone. And that has to be for us, too. Like, even with our own wellness and mental Mm -hmm. health, like... If something is not working, you have to make a plan to fix it. And I think that like, that's going to be one of our main focuses mm-hmm. this this podcast. Mm-hmm. So we're going to tr- we're going to do a monthly podcast. We're going to try to get things out probably what third third week, second weekish, second third week of the month. Um but for right now since we are busy teachers, we are going to give you one podcast every month. We're going to create some surveys that everybody can take after the podcast is done um, just so we can kind of keep up with some of the data and see like if we are making the impact that we are intending to make. Um, But yeah, I feel like this has been a great start to our podcast and I hope everybody's been able to kind of get an understanding of who we are, where we're at in our teaching right now and in our mental health some of the things that teachers are experiencing right now and what to look forward to in the coming months. We'll see you next time in the wellness room. Bye.